This Women's World Cup betting picks edition of the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million is up for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Thursday, July the 13th. We are one week out uh, from the kickoff to the Women's World Cup. Uh, so we thought we'd make some futures picks, get our teeth around this. Uh, we've been overdue a bit of football. Joining us from Bing. Ton Ham, I forgot again, but uh, Barry Pedaluna, how you doing? Evening, Malcolm. Uh, yeah, coming at you from Bingham still. Bingham, that's, that's sorry. For the last year. Uh, well, it's actually been that for the last eight years, but you know, you think you'd have got it by now. It's been a while though, I forgot about uh, We haven't chatted for, a, for for too long, Baz. Um, yeah, football next week, Women's World Cup. It's quite exciting. Now. Um, I started doing my homework a few days ago and the more I looked into it kind of the, the more fun it is to look into like um, I think it is a competition it's going to be fun uh, it's going to be competitive and the reason why we're here Baz, is that there's loads of different betting angles loads of ways you can get stuck into it yeah absolutely I mean I've you know, I've got a bit of an interest in women's football having two female uh, footballers in the family uh, being a coach of female football um I mean, I've, I've taken the girls to a lot of England games. We even went to the last World Cup, actually, in France. Um, we did? We went, went over and watched England v Cameroon. It was a bit, and it was a really, really good occasion, actually. Um, Is that when so big yeah, Cameroonians was, spat their dummies out and just started yeah, gobbling at people and stuff? That was the game when the Cameroons, they threatened to walk off the pitch, I think, because um, they didn't like a couple of the decisions, which were... Perfectly correct decision, but I was spitting at people and everything. It was it was all, all got a bit out of hand for a ladies' game. wasn't very ladylike at all. Um, but did I enjoy the experience? Uh, I won't be taking the kids over to Australia or New Zealand what? for this one. It's a matter with you. Um, but I am looking forward. To it. Although the times of day aren't ideal, um, I'll try and catch as much of it as possible. I mean, you say it'll be competitive. There'll be a lot of games which aren't very competitive in these early stages. But I think once we get down to the knockout stages, there's some real, I think it's some really good, um, you know, potential matchups once we get to the knockout yeah. stages. Um, you know, we know USA have, have dominated it for many years, but I think other nations are getting closer to USA all the time. And there's definitely now sort of five or six who you could throw into the mix as potential winners of this tournament. So it, it will be quite an open tournament and quite competitive, as you say, as it goes on. Um, just touching on um, your grassroots journey there, Baz. New season coming up. Is, uh, has everyone been behaving themselves? Because it's been absolutely mayhem up here. Um, it's been quite quiet in training, pre-season training. We've lost two players. Two players have gone off to other local rivals. Um, mm. So disappointing. There, we picked up a couple of new players, and we've had a lot. We've got a lot of injuries over the summer, so we're, we're training with like ten or eleven players at the moment, uh, and it's quite peaceful. It, they, they actually get on with it and train quite well when they're in a smaller group. So it's been quite, uh, quite a good start to pre-season training for us. And we had our first right. eleven aside friendly, so we're moving up from oh, nice. nine v nine to eleven v eleven. We had our first friendly. We got 
well beaten five or six one, but against a better side, um, and we we were, you know, we had quite a thin squad with injuries and stuff like that. But it was a good experience, bit of an eye opener for our goalkeeper, who's about five foot and now playing in full size. Goals. <laughs> um, but but she's a good keeper. She'll 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 deal with it well. I was just going to give some advice out that if anyone asks you to get involved in grassroots football in any capacity, just say no, walk away, tell them to piss off. It's an absolute nightmare from start to finish. And even if you think it's not going to be, it is going to be, I promise you. People think, oh, it's great, we've got a lovely set of parents, we're dead lucky us. In 80 months' time, we'll all be trying to kill each other. So just say no, uh, as Zamo would say. Um, I must have been a little bit better lately, but everyone I speak to, I spoke to Bangladeshi Dave this morning, um, nightmare, and that's with like the under nine girls in like Division Seven. It's not like they're even competitive. You think part of the problem is the parents think they're quite good. I think they're they're, they're all aware that they're just a recreational team. Still, mayhem. Holmesy with his kids up at Great Park. Um, I can say that. Anyone's going to listen? Um, just chaos, mayhem. Uh, not to mention again more shenanigans with our lot this week. Even though it hasn't been as bad, but yeah, just saying no bad to the old grassroots stuff. Good stand by the corner flag. Like, put a hat on, fake beard, and just don't get involved. That would be my advice. Um, it's been quite quiet on the football front, really. Not many big signings. Like, we covered most of them a couple of weeks ago. I think Jobalite, Liverpool, is probably the biggest one. Um, there's a few Harvey Barnes, possibly to Newcastle. The, um, the Saudis are making the biggest splash. They're still going, taking everyone away. They've, um, they've taken Steven Gerrard, and it looks like Jordan Henderson now. Yeah, they're uh, saying there might be an announcement about that tonight, um, whether he's staying at Liverpool or whether he's going. Uh, they didn't seem sure, and I was listening to the radio earlier. But yeah, the names mentioned today, Jordan Henderson, uh, Riyad Mahrez, uh, and Mitrovic. And yeah. it, I mean, that that changes things a bit, doesn't it? I mean, we're you know going from you know Benzema's and Kante's who are right at the end of their career to players like Mahrez could walk into any Premier League team. Um, Mitrovic would would walk into a lot of Premier League teams and, yeah. and they it's a different dynamic to those sort of signings if they start happening um, it re- really will sort of change things a bit and Henderson as well I mean still the Liverpool captain still playing plenty enough for, for Liverpool plays plenty enough for England that would be a massive statement if they they manage to lure him over there um, so yeah where it all ends up who knows we'll, we'll, do, do you still see a point where we're all sitting down on a Saturday afternoon watching Saudi Arabian football well I've got an idea Baz which I'll tell you about in a minute I was just going to point out that the two um, the two hotbeds of human rights activism in England as we both know are Liverpool and Sunderland um, you can't move for human rights activists in them two cities currently um, so they'll be disappointed I think with their uh, with their sons prospective uh, respective sons Gerard and Henderson nicking off no, I thought, Baz, what's going to happen here is there's going to be a joint Premier and Saudi League, isn't there? Like six, 14 Prem teams and six Saudi teams. You know, and you just nick off for the week and probably play two away games in Saudi and then come back. That's what that's what we'll be watching in 10 years. You all right with that? Yeah. Uh, no. We'll integrate them, Baz. <laughs> no. No, not not sure about that. But uh, to be honest, the, you know, the more the more people that go over there, there, there'll be more and more interest generated. And if as 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 Slick Rick said in the chat, he watches too much football as it is. I've been known to watch Peruvian football on a Saturday <laughs> or Sunday night, so Saudi Arabian football isn't going to be a problem for me. If I can get up at nine o'clock in the morning and watch the Aussies play, 
I can watch the Saudi Arabians play at whatever time they want to put their matches on. Well, haven't we spent years talking about being no, not enough, too many foreign players in the game and not enough grassroots players and you don't see any Geordies in the Newcastle team, you don't see any Scousers in the Liverpool team and all that sort of stuff. So now this just works, they can, the Saudis can have all of them and we can have Matty Longstaff and Paul Dummett playing and whoever else is coming through. I mean, you just can't have it all everywhere. Like, and like we said on the last show, they can do what they want to say money. Like, they're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. China tried it um, and it didn't work because the government sort of stepped in, didn't they? And found it quite unbecoming. Um, but the Saudi government are the ones who were involved in this. So they're certainly not going to put a stop to it. But, I, I mean, yeah. and I can see, you know, there's, there's arguments that every time a player goes, oh, what's he doing that for? What? It's money in it. And, and, you can't blame players for doing it. Jordan Henderson, if he Jordan Henderson goes over to Saudi Arabia for two years, he'll make more in two years than he's made in his entire career for yeah. Liverpool. Now, his career ends at the age of 36, 37 or whatever. Um, and fair enough, he's a wealthy man. But if he makes 50, 60 million in those next two years, why not? Why not finish your career that way if that's what you want to do? I, I just don't... I, I don't begrudge anyone doing it because it's... Stupid money, absolutely stupid money. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're talking about John Henderson getting forty million a year. As I say, if he if he picks up eighty million over the next two years, that's that that'll be a lot more than he's made in his entire career uh, at Liverpool. Um, and yeah, you can see why he'd be tempted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you friendlies kicked off, we had Manchester United Leeds played yesterday. Uh, Mason Mount got a start for Man United. The, the uh, Varane, they played quite a strong team in the back. Varane and the Morrison's Butcher got a game at centre back as well. Um, but yeah, Mason Mount was the headliner there. Um, and then all the I saw looking at the results of the Champions League qualifiers as well last night. That made me laugh. Just thinking, just to you, who we're having a look at here, Dudelanga, a Dudelanga of Luxembourg, likely to make it through. Um, because of the uh, my first fifty-five pounds came out of the bank on Mundabaz, my Champions League tickets. That was quite exciting. Right. Yeah. I went to wear great lengths to make to tell the uh, IT department to make sure there was fifty-five quid in the uh, in the ticket account on Monday because I didn't want anything. Uh, I didn't want the bank bouncing anything and me not be able to get in. So uh, yeah, that made it a little bit more real. So that was all exciting. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the Women's World Cup. You said the games weren't a great time. So they're not like eight a.m., eleven in the morning over yeah, here. Sure. Some that's a great time. Well, like, that's... some of us have a day job. Like, no, but after. you can stick it on the radio. About Baz, it's twenty twenty three, man. You, you're not going to have a headphone in it, a pod, bud, whatever you call them. A little bit of. I'm, I'm keeping this country going, Malcolm. Churning the food. wheels of industry, as you would say. Well, I think it's a great time for me. Uh, and also, I'll tell one other thing. You asked me about three weeks ago if I was looking forward to the Ashes. And I said no. Um, and I've watched just about every minute. It's been great. It's been really exciting. Absolutely enthralling. Every test. It has. I mean, yeah, right. You know, despite the fact England got off to a bad start, every test sort of toed and froed each way, didn't it? Yeah. Um, either side could have won each one of them. So it has been very good uh, entertainment, that, yes. Twists and turns, like a twisty turn. Anything, Baz, uh, is what's going on there. So I missed that today. I woke up today. I thought, oh, that's all right. I'll have a day watching the cricket. And it doesn't start till next Wednesday. Uh, so, yeah, 8am football betting. Um, hashtag DJs only. Looking forward to it. Um, we'll get into it. I'll tell you first about Circus Sports. Um, I'm gutted we can't enter these bars. The Circus Millions and the Circus Survivor uh, are back with 14 million 
in guaranteed prizes. The Circuit Millions, you need to pick five NFL games against spread every week. And the Circuit Survivor, you just pick a different money line winner each week, kind of a last man standing situation. Uh, you can enter in Vegas and play from anywhere. The SGP and boys will be out there for the last weekend in August. You need to go to circusports.com for all the details. That's circusports.com. Right, Baz. Women's World Cup starts next Thursday, July the 20th, runs through till Sunday, August the 20th. So we've got a full month. The um, internet's just died on the laptop, um, but I'm still alive on the phone, Baz, so we're okay. I'll try and restart that as we go. Um, so, yeah, the, it's been held in Australia and New Zealand, um, hence the ATM start times. This is the first time it's been expanded to 32 teams, so it follows the same format as the men's tournament. Um, so I think the only thing with that is the problem you've got, you've already mentioned, but there's going to be quite a lot of mismatches in these early rounds. It's got the look of kind of like a man, the men's World Cup used to have in 1982 and 1986, where you'd have teams would turn up and get absolutely battered. Um, and that's what's going to happen this time around. But it's kind of unavoidable if to get these teams experienced, to get them exposure, to get them funded, um, to make it so in 30 years' time, we're looking at World Cups where the Asian teams and the African teams and the Caribbean teams are competitive. You've got to let them come in now and get battered. Um, but what, what that does mean is that you've kind of got a couple of different ways of betting this tournament, which is really what we're going to talk about tonight. So um, you've got your powerhouse teams where you can take your outrights on, um, future bets to, to win the tournament, etc. Um, but then when the games start, these first couple of weeks, it's really going to be a daily sort of Asian handicap type system because there's going to be games that might finish, get up to double figures. Um, so, yeah, it's almost like two tournaments within it all. Once we get through to the second round, then you'll get your, your powerhouses facing off against each other. You won't be having 20 to 1 on shots take on 16 to 1 outsiders or what have you. Um, so, I mean, I've heard different reports about how it's going to go down, Baz, in terms of the supporters and how popular it's going to be. Do you know much about, I mean, what do you think it's going to look like, how well supported it's going to be, stuff like that? Well, I'd read the um, the opening game, the Australians have sold out. Uh... 80,000 tickets for the first game. So certainly uh, the Australian crowds will be out and no doubt the New Zealand crowds will be out for, for the home teams. Um, I've really no idea how it's going to pan out for the rest. But if there's that much interest generated in that opening fixture, uh, that bodes well for the rest of the tournament. I mean, we've seen in the Euros the, the numbers for the, the tournament held in England. Um they were ridiculous in, in terms of progression from previous tournaments. Um, you know, England was selling out Wembley for the final and and, and comfortably selling out um, smaller grounds across the other, the other game. So I think the women's game is growing in interest all of the time. Um, I'd expect it to be well supported throughout. And as I say, certainly the, the figures for that opening game look good with, with 80,000 tickets sold already. Yeah, I've heard a few different things. When I was reading through it, and it's a bit of a sort of um, an indication of, of, of still how far the women's game has to come, because it has moved along loads and loads. And yeah, loads and loads. absolutely. Um, but how many teams have got sort of politics stuff going on in the background? Um, teams who have had fallouts with the football associations uh, yeah. who aren't being paid well enough to be here. Um, one team had to crowdfund to to afford to go to Australia. Okay. 
Um, there's another team who's been on strike. I'll, I'll, I'll come to it when I get to my notes for each of the group. One, one team, um, they had a training camp. I think it was Nigeria. Uh, training camp booked for 12 days in Nigeria uh, and the FA pulled it. So they've had nowhere to train. Um, they, they've had, you know, there's another team boycotted the last warm-up game in a dispute. So, you know, they're not, certainly the minnows, you know, this won't be the case with the big teams. Although even Spain, have had massive fallout. Uh, again, I'll come to that in a bit. But um, a lot of these minnows are are still a long way off in terms of the the funding that they get for these sort of things. So it does show there's, there's still a long, long way to go uh, in women's football. But but the progress is there. And as I say, I think we will see that the numbers in terms of people watching this tournament will be uh, far higher than they were last time round because it is growing every time. Yeah, well, I suppose they're the kind of things that we saw um, in sort of uh men's football, Africa and Asian stuff like that going back 30 or 40 years. And it's it's one of those things that indicates just how sport is a vehicle really for politics, political, cultural, social change. Obviously there the women's US team led by Megan Rapino will be really vocal on it and have got equal pay now. Um actually go, going back the cricket the Australian um in fact, it's all ICC cricket teams uh, will now be paid the same men's and women's for participating in an ICC cricket tournament. So um, the, in, in 20 years' time, we'll be looking back at the teams that have kind of blazed the trail in this tournament um, when, when women's football is doing much better on a global scale. Um, so, Baz, outright, we'll start at the top of the market. There's, there's six teams who are 12 to 1 or below. Um, you've got six teams who are priced between 12 to 1 and 15 to 1. And then it's any price you like the rest. So it's, there's kind of three tiers. There's, there's your top tier. There's a there's a tier who could get involved. And then there's the also runs. Um, my, like I say, my laptop's by, died by. So just take us through the uh, the prices for those top yeah. teams. So, so at the top of the market, we've got USA favourites 5 to 2 or plus 250. Uh, England, the second favourite, at plus 450, 9-2. to two. Spain, 11-2, plus 550. Germany, I think, are, are around 7, 7.5-1, to one, so plus 750 if you shop around for Spain. Uh, then comes in France at 10-1, to one, Australia, 12-1, to one, Sweden, 20-1. to one. Uh, You're looking at Brazil, Japan, Netherlands in the next tranche of, of teams at around 25-1. to one. Canada, for anyone interested from that uh, part of the world, 33-1. to one. Uh, and Italy um, are, are as big as a hundred to one, um, one of the biggest prices for the European team. Um, I mean, are we going straight in with with your thoughts on on who's who's going to take it? If you want to lead us off, Baz, you can. I mean, I've got yeah, just yeah, run through. I was going to start with the US, but yeah. If you wanted to go through through the groups first or whatever, I've got a bit of a review of of each group, but but I don't mind kicking off with. Uh, the winner. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't put anyone off USA at five to two. They've got the pedigree, they've got the experience um, to win it. Five to two is is probably a fair price. Uh, they've won the last twice. Um, I think they made the final in the last three. Uh, but for me, at the, at the prices I'm looking at, I, I like Germany uh, fifteen to two plus seven fifty for Germany. Um, they are also available at seven to two, so plus three fifty to make the final, um, and I'd probably play both of those. Potentially, the sh- you know if if 
if all goes to plan in the group stages, if USA win the group, Germany win the group, then they're on the opposite side of the draw to USA, uh, which is a start. They do have a potential semi-final against England, um, but I can see them progressing all the way at the final. I think they ran England close in the final of the Euros, uh, and that was without Alexandra Pop, who is um, the, the main striker. She missed out in the Euros final with injury. It could have been a different story that game uh, if Pop had been fit. So uh, for me, I like Germany at, at around 15 to 2, plus 750, and around plus 350 for Germany to make the final. Yeah, I mean, USA, first of all, did you see the squad reveal, Baz? I didn't, no. Oh, mate, you've got to have a look at this. This is top class. Um, they just got celebs to reveal a player. But I'm not talking any old shitty celebs like uh, Joe Biden and a Jill Biden did a player. Uh, Taylor Swift did a player. Um, Tim Howard, the old sweary Everton goalkeeper. Um, Tina Fey, you know, bit of Tina Fey. John Cena, all these kind of people all, all did a, a big fancy reel. So that was pretty good fun. Um, yeah, four times World Cup winners and the defending champs. Six years, Baz, on top of the FIFA rankings uh, for USA. I just, I'm not convinced. I, I like them. They're a good side. I just think the price is too skinny. They've got a lot of injuries. Um, and it's it's the, the strikers who were injured. So you've got Mallory Swanson and uh, Katarina Macario who are out. And that leaves their experienced players uh, Megan Rapino, Julia Towards Lawrence have all got a lot of question marks. So they're, they're trotting out these two kids up front pass uh, Trinity Rodman, who is Dennis Rodman's daughter, yeah. and Alyssa Thompson, who I think is 18 years old. Now, um, the, the captain's missing as well. She's the real calm and influence in the middle, sort of Becky, uh, Becky Sauerbrunn. But Rodman and Thompson are good up front, but they're just a couple of kids, and it's a big stage. They've got 14, I think it is, first time. Um, first time in the World Cup for 14 of the squad. Um, and I just think, especially if someone plays with pace, you know that it, often a low block makes it hard. You need to get in behind. And if there's no room in behind, I just think they're going to struggle with a couple of the wilier teams in there. And add one bigger than five to two. Um, I'm not hugely interested in England at 92. They've got key injuries as well. Obviously the Euro 22 winners, but missing... Well, Beth Meadley and Williamson, Frank Kirby's important. Um, I think the manager's presence is a plus. Uh, Serena Wiegmann, she's got tournament experience. Uh, but just fine lines with this team. And then just look again, missing those, I mean, really key players. Like You couldn't have picked worse players uh, to yeah, be missing I for think, England. I think, as you say, Beth Mead's a big loss, but um, Rachel Daly has, has moved from being left-back in the Euros. She's now the number nine for England. Uh, she was top scorer on the WSL last year um, and is absolutely flying. So I think she'll fill in well for Beth Mead. Williamson's a bigger miss and, and, and arguably Fran Kirby as well. I'm the same. I think England will go far into the tournament, but I think potentially semi-finals might be where they come a cropper. They, they are, you know, they have got strength in depth, but defensively, uh, there's question marks around a few of the players who are coming in. Um and Millie Bright, who's been important for so long, has been out most of the season and they've put her in the squad. But there is still question marks about her fitness. If she's missing, as well as Williamson, that, that would be a big loss also. Uh, so, yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I think I think America... I, I agree with what you're saying. It, it's a very different squad to what it was in the last World Cup. 
Um, they have still got the odd, odd bits of the experience. Morgan, Ertz, Rapino, as you yeah. say. It is a very young squad, and as you say, that might catch them out. Um, one player that stands out for me is Sophia Smith. It was the um, NWSL MVP and USA Player of the Year last year. I think she could make a big impact, uh, potentially. And as you say, Rodman, um, there'll be a lot of pressure on those players, though. Interesting to see how they deal with it. Uh, but I agree. I think England are a little bit short. Um, it's not to say I don't think they'll go far into it. But, um, yeah, not for me at those prices. And that's, that's why I sort of look a little bit further down for me. Um, and, and, and I say that's where, where I've got landed in Germany, really. Um, yeah, Spain are the next ones in. And Spain are really interesting, Baz. I'm guessing you've got a few notes on this. Look, because um, I've listened to some of the England players talk uh, recently, and their sight in Spain is a real danger. Uh, all individually, um, you ask them who's going to go well, and they all sort of uh, they're all pointing at Spain. But Spain have had this really weird thing where 15 of the team walked out last summer uh, in protest over the manager. And nothing really like not specifics. It, 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 he hadn't done a Hugh Edwards like he'd uh, he just they didn't like his method sort of. Um, and it was a, a bit of a Barcelona contingent. Um, there was a couple, there was four players based in the Prem, I think Man City and Man United, possibly two from each. Anyway, they all walked away, like with the heart of that team. Um, they then went and got a new, younger, ambitious team. They've discovered the place, put it together, and they're playing really, really well. Three of those players have come back. Um, so Spain are just really, really interesting bars at five to one. Yeah, as you say, it's interesting, but it's just a big unknown, isn't it? it there's been such massive... Um sort of turmoil in amongst the Spain camp for, for a good 12 months now. Uh, as you say, it obviously hasn't all been resolved because a large number of those experienced players haven't returned to the fold. So it will be interesting to see how how this team sets up, you know, in a, in a group where they, they should come through it fairly easily. Japan will, um, you know, compete with them. Um, but I've, I'll come to Spain in a bit, actually. I think it's, it's a good group for them with two really big underdogs in there in, in Costa Rica and Zambia. Oh, I lost you there, Baz, but I think you're back. Um, I'm, I'm still here. Oh, you're still there, like. Uh, Captain Seno's turned up. I won't give you any grief, Captain, tonight. You got that last night uh, in the MLB evening, show. Captain. Good evening, you. Um, yes, yeah, so Baz, I don't like doing this, but I'm going to do it. My pick's Germany, same as you. We've double dipped, Baz. Right. We've, we've double dipped on the Germans. Well, um, so like I got to say, right. Malcolm, get you a little bit of insurance. Seven to two for them to get to the final as well looks nice to me. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah just back of each way. Yeah. Um, third in the world. I mean, it's been stolen, man. Oats bars, really. Alexandra Pop was just a big, a huge miss. Uh, in the Euros last year, she scored in every game. Uh, she scored in every group match, and then in the quarter final and the semi final before missing out. Um, against England um, through injury in that final. Um, and a really important, really important player in this tournament um, is the goalkeeper for Germany. Uh, we've seen goalkeepers, women's goalkeepers get a little bit of stick. Uh, but Merla Frohms, um, she's just a standout keeper in this tournament. Makes such a difference. Makes a huge difference to what's going to happen here. Um so, yeah, between her and Pop, I mean, Pop's, what, one in two, 61 in 127 international record. Um, I just think uh, Germany, you could have a great price at eight to one, but so they would be my outright pick. Um, 
do you have any of that outright or are you you're onto the groups next? Um, I've got some group, just, uh, I mean, not really a pick for every group or anything, but I've just done a little bit of a run through of the groups, which I probably should have done before going to the uh, things. But I have got some scorer stuff as well. Um, but I can have a quick run through the, the groups. Yeah, run us through some of the groups, guys. A few little notes on each anyway. Um, so, so Group A starts off for the hosts, New Zealand, uh, jointly hosting this with, with Australia. Uh, they're up against Norway, Switzerland and the Philippines. New Zealand, bizarrely, don't have a domestic women's football league, which is a bit of an odd one for a big country like New Zealand. So all of their squads play outside of New Zealand. Uh, Norway... Do they not have a, just a couple of teams in the A-League? Because that's what the blokes do, don't they? Yeah, I don't know. I well, it, haven't, haven't got someone a clue. else. Okay. Um, I mean, Norway will be big favourites for this. I'm just trying to bring up the uh, the group bit and actually whilst I, whilst I talk through this. Um, where are we? Outright group betting. Yeah, so Norway are one three, which actually I thought I expected it to be a bit shorter. New Zealand and Switzerland are both five to one. Um, I think New Zealand price has pushed up a little bit off the back of them being at home. But Norway teams f- packed full of stars from the from the European leagues. Caroline Hansen of Barcelona, Ada Hegeberg of, of Lyon, um, Frieda Manham of Arsenal. Hansen in particular just came off a great season with Barca, uh, winning the league and the Champions League. She's likely to be in the hunt for the Ballon d'Or. I think Switzerland will have ambitions to get out of the group um, and, it's, and it's likely to come down to that that last game, Switzerland v New Zealand. I think New, New, Norway will coast through and Switzerland New Zealand as the third fixture in that group will um, will decide who comes through. The Swiss have got a bit lucky. They thought they were going to lose out on, is it Walti? Um, the Arsenal player and the Swiss captain. Yeah, she got injured right at the end of the season and I thought she was going to miss out, but looks like she will be back from that ankle injury in time, which will be a massive boost for Switzerland. Um, Philippines will, are, are understandably the massive underdogs, 500 to 1 to win this division. Um, they finished in the semis of the Asia Cup recently, going further into that, that competition than Australia. Um, so, you know, they might fancy their chances of an upset somewhere along the way. Uh, Group B is Australia. Again, hosts, uh, they're up against Ireland, Nigeria and Canada. Australia have never been beyond the quarters, but but they'll have a huge following for this on home turf. As I said before, 80,000 sellout for their opening game against Ireland. They've got Sam Kerr as their captain. Should be one of the stars of the tournament. Che- you know, one of the big names, Chelsea striker. Scored five in the last World Cup. She scored 12 for Chelsea last season. And she was the WSL top scorer the two previous seasons to that. Uh, Australia beat England recently, 2-0, ending a 30-game undefeated run for England. Um, so certainly, you know, they'll fancy their chances in this group, um, you know, hitting some good form coming into it. Canada are the reigning Olympic champions. Uh, they're ranked seventh in the world, um, yet they find themselves down at 11th in the betting at 33-1 to to win this tournament. They have been swamped by injuries in the build-up, uh, and that's probably had a bit of an impact on their ability to go far into the tournament. Built on a solid defence, they conceded just four in six in the Olympics, um, including clean sheets against the USA and Brazil. Uh, Ireland, I think, will have the work cut out. And I'd take Canada and, and Australia to get through this. Nigeria, as I say, are, are one of those teams in turmoil. The manager hasn't been paid for seven months. A training camp in Nigeria was cancelled recently uh, and their players are in dispute over wages. Um, so I'm not expecting anything from Nigeria. They are similarly priced to... Um, 
Ireland, really. Australia are the one to two favourites in that group, and Canada two to one. Um, I think that's probably about about right. Uh, group C: Spain and Japan. Oh yeah, your main players here: Spain, as as you've mentioned, have had that unrest. Japan have won the tournament before, back in 2011, and they are said to be on the up after a few years where they've sort of dropped off as, as other teams have grown. Um, Japan sort of stood still for a while. They'll expect to get through the group as an absolute minimum. Zambia was one I picked out here because I can I can remember watching some of Zambia's games in the last one, and, and I only remembered when I started reading their, their form lines. They, it was in the Olympics, and they were a really, really fun side to watch because they just went, hell for leather and attack and didn't care what happened at the other end. So they put three past a strong Netherlands side in the Olympics, conceded 10. And then they followed that up with a 4-4 draw against China. Um, so they should be fun to watch because they'll, they'll they'll have a good go at the attacking end, um, but they'll they'll be leaky as anything at the other end. So the last three games, 3-2, 3-3, 3-2, I think we'll see lots of that. So keep an eye out on Zambia games for for total goals because they'll, they'll contribute uh, whilst probably losing all of their games. Um, although Costa Rica are the, the underdogs in that group. Not much to say about Costa Rica, Malcolm, apart from the fact they have the best-named player in the tournament. Do you know what it is? Who is it? Uh, no, off the top of my head, Baz, I don't. So Costa Rica have a player called Priscilla Chinchilla. Oh, wow. Oh, Priscilla I'm all over that. Yeah. She plays in Scotland for Glasgow. Never. Um, so yeah, Priscilla Chinchilla, keep an eye out for her because that's a lovely name, isn't it? Yeah, top class. Top class. Thought about England, we think England will come through that group. Um, not much to say there. Denmark will be the favourites to to come out with them. Denmark are twelve to one to win the group. They've got Peniel Harder from Chelsea as their star player. She's returned from a long term injury in time for this. So, um, Group E: USA, Vietnam, Netherlands, and Portugal. You know, we've said what there is to be said about the USA. Um, I think Vietnam will obviously be the the, the rank outsiders here. I think Portugal and Netherlands. I mean, Netherlands will 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 are quite highly ranked. Um, Portugal could surprise teams in this tournament. They're, they're a potential underdog in this group. I think USA will go through. But Portugal are worth keeping an eye on. They, they drew with England recently, nil nil. Uh, in the Euros, they were beaten by Netherlands, who were in this group, but they only lost it by a single goal to them. Um, uh, and they, I, I just think uh, Portugal's one to look out for as, as a as a potential underdog in this group. They're around seven to one to qualify. Seven to one to qualify, yeah. Um, and that was a, a pick I like the look of here yeah. because um, I think they might cause an upset in in one of those games against USA or Netherlands. Um, France, do you know who France's manager is? It's uh, Rene Huvard, isn't it, Bud? Yeah, so it's a Saudi Arabia manager who managed it to mastermind a win over Argentina in the World Cup. Um, he's he's quit Saudi Arabia to take over France. Yeah, they're in a group with Jamaica, Brazil and Panama. France favourites to come out of that one. Uh, one to two favourites with Brazil at 6-4 plus 150 Brazil. Um, Jamaica in that group, 66-1 to one to win the group. Could be Another fun team. They've got quite a few WSL players, including Man City striker Khadija Shaw. Uh, but they're another team with issues behind the scenes. They, they were the team where the players have had to crowdfund to, okay. to raise funds to cover some of the costs of the trip. Um, that can't 
be a good start to things. Uh, but yeah, France and Brazil's experience in these tournaments should see them through from this group. Um, group G, Sweden. Sweden have always been one of the big names in women's football for a long time, haven't they? Um, their domestic league was always one of the best around. But other countries like England, Spain, France in Europe are now getting stronger and stronger all the time. And, and I think Sweden have sort of dropped back um, into the sort of ranks of everybody else. They're still ranked world number three despite going out in the semis to England in the Euros. And it is a long time since they won a major tournament, but you take them to qualify here. Um, Italy will be second favourites to, to to go through with them. Um, and I, I just thought the one... I thought potentially Argentina might make a bit of a fight. Italy had a really, really disappointing Euros. And if they come out in that sort of vein this time they might find themselves in a, in a battle to get out of this group. Because I think Sweden will qualify. Italy need to be better than they were in the Euros. Um, South Africa are another team where there, there's been a lot of unrest. They, they were the ones who boycotted a warm-up game against Botswana. They got beat 5-0 because they had to put out a team full of kids. They played a 13-year-old girl in an international friendly against Botswana a couple of weeks ago. I think they have resolved those issues now. But uh, again, there's, there's a lot of these teams with, with lots of that sort of stuff going on. Um, and then the final group is Group H, which is Germany, Morocco, Colombia and South Korea. Uh, Germany were ranked number two in the world, lost in the Euros final of England. We both fancy them here. Morocco are first-timers. Uh, they're ranked world number 72. And Colombia and Korea have just one win each in World Cup games. Um, so in this one, second place is, is a bit of a battle. Uh, Colombia are the favourites to take second place, but I think South Korea might qualify here at around evens. So there was a couple of bets from the groups that I picked. I think Portugal to qualify at sevens interests me as an underdog. Uh, they drew against England recently. They beat New Zealand 5-0 back in February. And as I say, they lost just to it by a single goal to Netherlands, who they will come up with in, in this group. Um, they are a team who look to be on the up and, and it wouldn't, you know, shock me if they were to to squeeze through there. So yeah, Portugal at sevens is an underdog, and South Korea to qualify at evens ahead of Morocco and Colombia in that group that, that appeals to me also. And the other the final thing I had on the groups was a, a potential treble: Australia, USA, and Sweden all to win the groups. It's five to four plus one twenty five for that treble. So Australia, USA, Sweden, all group winners at around plus one twenty five. Yeah, the group betting bars is not it's not really where it's at for this tournament because I think yeah. the biggest price is two to one on. And like we, we never give out sort of stuff like that. I just looked at doubling up USA and Spain to win the group. And that comes out at two to one on. So I mean if you're a if you're a rich man, if you want to put two grand on those two to win uh, to win a grand, then don't let me stop you. But um yeah, the, look, there's only a couple um, I'll go on, I'll let you carry on. I just, there's only a couple of groups really where there's even a match for second place, uh, which are the ones you've pointed out. So um, it, if you're looking for, for various ways of getting into betting on this tournament, the group betting, unfortunately, isn't as good as it was in the Men's World Cup. There's one team I picked out and you didn't seem too keen on them, Baz, and that was Ireland. Um, Ireland are in group, let's have a look, uh, group B with Australia, Canada and Nigeria. You said Nigeria in a bit of turmoil. Ireland are bad. Um, it's their first major tournament. Uh, the manager's really experienced. Vera Powell, she's um, 
She's managed in Russia and South Africa and all over the place. But they've got some good players. Katie McCabe is a star, an absolute star. Um, she played for Arsenal, I think, Katie McCabe. Um, and um, the hardest nails, Baz, Louise Quinn uh, scores all our set pieces. She's about six foot nine. Um, and they stick the ball in the box. And Louise Quinn, a la Niall Quinn, uh, will stick a few in here. So if they can pull off one shock, um, I think, they, I mean, even if they just get a draw with Canada, if they, they could just draw that game and then turn over Nigeria uh, and get themselves to one goal difference. So I thought they were live. Um, they are 72. Again, it's not a very fancy price, so it's plus 350 to make it out with that group. But really, they're the only ones... Uh, who stood out apart from the apart from the eight jollies like so yeah um, I, do, I do think Ireland have got themselves a squeak yeah I've had a little look at the um, goal scorer market yeah and it's a tricky market to play it's a really hard one because it's going to be hugely influenced by some of these big scores in the group games um, things will tighten up later on but really you're looking around to see which teams are going to run up a big score in some of these group games I mean I mentioned Sam Kerr earlier for Australia. She scored five in the last World Cup. Four of those came in a game against Jamaica. So it just shows, you know, you can look at people's goal scoring records from previous tournaments. It can be a bit skewed by by individual fixtures. Um, so I, I sort of, with with my sort of header in, in that frame of mind, looking at the big underdogs, um, so, so who's coming up against the Philippines, Panama, Vietnam, Morocco, Costa Rica's, those sort of sides. The, the leaders in the market um, for this are Morgan and, and Smith for USA. Um, and whilst they've got a great fixture against Vietnam where they could definitely run up a score and they will be expected to go far into the tournament, uh, I think Portugal and Netherlands will, will be tighter games in the group and therefore Morgan at 5-1 to one and, and Smith at 7-1 to one didn't appeal to me. I'd, I'd want something a bit bigger because I think it is such an open market. Um so I've looked at uh, Spain's group. Um, it looks to have potential for high scoring. Spain have got two of the biggest underdogs in their group with Zambia and Costa Rica in there. Two games where Spain could run up a bit of a score. So I'll take Spaniard Esta Gonzalez at 10s. So 10-1, top scorer. She scored 10 in six qualifying games. She scored 16 this season for Madrid. So she's in good form at 10-1. I just like that group. I think there's two... Really, really stinking teams in there um, who could be on the end of a, a bit of a whacking. Um, and also, because I think Germany will go far in the tournament, I think Alexandra Pop at 14s appeals to me. They've got Morocco and Colombia in that group. And as you mentioned, she was in good form in the Euros, scoring in every game. Um, 14 to 1. I just think those two prices appeal a little bit more than the, the, the top two Americans in the market who are a little bit short priced, given that they've got a you know, I think they've got one really, really weak team in their group, whereas some of the groups have got two really weak teams. Um, so that's why I've got Spain and Germany in the in the goal scorer market for me. Um, well, you handicapped this, Buzz, in exactly the same way that I handicapped it. I actually thought you might throw out the same two names uh, before you started there, because I was looking at the same. One game will skew this. One one person will score six goals against someone and win the golden boot. Um, so, yeah, we both found the same system to handicap it. Uh, my first pick is Alexandra Pop. Um, I don't think that's a surprise on the grounds that we both had Germany uh, going deep into the competition. Um, and I mentioned that great record she had in the Euro. So she's at 14 to 1. My second one's going to come from France, though. Uh, France do have a habit of racking up the score against these bad teams. 
Uh, they're very much uh, flat track bullies in that respect. And they have um, Jamaica and Panama in their group, who for me are going to be two of the, the weaker teams, particularly Panama. Um, amateurs, I mean, the fitness in those games is going to be, they're going to be unbelievable. Like So, um, Eugenie Le Sommet, um at 14 to 1, same price as Alexandra Pop. Like I say, one game, she could knock five or six in against Panama, but all of a sudden that's game over. Like So, I do think France will come out with that group. Um, well, well, they'll definitely come out with that group. And then it looks like they're going to be in with whoever finishes second, so maybe Netherlands, Porto. But absolutely live. And they don't even have to go that far in the tournament because one game could completely skew this. So, yeah, Alexandra Pop and Eugenie Le Sommet of France, both at 14 to 1 uh, for me, Baz. Um, and that's all my picks, Baz. Do you have anything else? No, that was it from me. Um, just a little quick skim over everything, really, just to get us kicked yep. off. And I think it tees us up nicely for some uh, shows next week where the, when the games start rolling in. Um, we'll start looking at some fun ways to chase those goals in, in whatever games we think they're coming in. Um, yeah, the, the yeah, tournament starts Thursday. Um, so we'll probably we'll do a show Tuesday or Wednesday um, because, you see, a lot of these first games, I'm just looking at... I've pulled up the USA versus Vietnam now. Um, and the line on the goal line on that's uh, the Asian handicaps uh, five and a half uh, or six on the alternative line. So that's the kind of thing we're dealing with. So it'll be different. Uh, it'll be different ways of handicapping those games once we get started, which is why um, it's far better off that we'll be kind of going every three or four days, Baz, in that, in that time. Yeah. Champion. Uh, Brian has joined us just to say goodbye. Hello. Goodbye, Brian. Uh, Brian, Brian but, never joins us live. Brian's always a listener. So yeah. Well, he's, he's here for the last... Brian. Welcome, Brian. I hope you enjoy the last 30 seconds of this. Come earlier next week. Uh, we'll, we'll do a really good show if we know you're going to be here. Um, well, that's it, Baz. Do you have anything you need to tell the people before we go? Um, I don't know. What, uh, have you got any lifestyle stuff, Malcolm? Anything interesting happening? No lifestyle stuff. Still, I've still got a lizard. I haven't lost it. Has it started coming out yet? Uh, yes. Yeah, it took about a week. Um, and eventually I'd open the door and, and sit for about an hour just waiting. And he would edge forward, edge back, edge forward, edge back. Uh, so he came out after an hour. And then the next day it took half an hour. Uh, and then it took 10 minutes. And now you open the door. About this time, <laughs> you, you turn his light off so he knows it's night time. And you open his door now and he'll be he'll be on your hand and, and coming out within two minutes for a bit of a run around. Uh, so, yeah, he's getting quite sociable now. He's eating... Uh, what is he, so, so what does he do then? What does he do? Well, he just runs about. We chuck does he, like, his... sit on your hand in that? Or, no, like, like, like what, just, runs a... You'll just climb up your arm and then you just grab him and put him down and then you climb up again. Or you can put him on the sofa and he'll, he'll just run around on the sofa and the kid's, like, chasing him around the sofa. Um, and then he just lets you put him back in, though. And then after a while, he gets a. You can tell he starts to speed up a little bit, and it's like he's he, he's gonna make a run for it. And at that point, you just put him back in his tank again, and, and that's it. And there's um, been no uh, jail breaks with the locusts. No, the, he hasn't ate a single locust. He's got no interest in them. I put a couple in every night, and next morning I look, and they're still there. So I take them back out. So I've tried him with uh, some roaches this week. He's eating, <laughs> he's eating roaches. Love okay. them. He ate a couple of them last night. Uh, what I'm learning lots of things. Though. I put um, we've got a little bowl of mealworms which stays in his tank all the time. Uh, yeah, and I read that that roaches and mealworms can cohabitate. Uh, um, so I put them in the same bowl, 
Uh, and I had a look in tonight, and the mealworms have just ate a roach, like absolutely tore into bits. You wouldn't have expected oh. that, would you? It's I mean, a bit uh, grim, that, Baz. It's, uh, it's a family show, you'd, this. You'd expect the cockroach to be able to take on some little mealworms, like, but sheer, sheer how, numbers, the sheer volume of mealworms got to him, like. He's that's not there. how nature works. <laughs> Any life uh, for your end, out new? No, absolutely nothing, Baz. Uh, do nothing but kid. I was at the big Bingham Festival on Sunday, big local music festival here. Uh, was it like uh, like fake like, cover bands? Yeah, we had the fillers instead of the killers. Nice. Um, who were really good. Um, and not the Rolling Stones was the main act. Uh, yeah, very good. Being the main act, personally, they were, they were better. Uh, but I had a good day, out in the rain, drinking, eating and watching music all day. Nice. Oh, well, I'll, en- I'll endeavour to get some more lifestyle news for next week. After now, we'll go to kids' football. But I went with five nights running from Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Various kids' football trials, training, uh, photo shoots, all sorts of things for the new season. Uh, so we did five nights running. Like, Bob came in on Wednesday, like, threw his school bag down. He was like, where do we have to go tonight? I was like, Bob, we don't have to go anywhere. Uh, he did uh, do his little transition bars into the new school. He's going to big school. Um, so he's had to go this week to to see what it's like. And he came home on Monday. You never get any feedback, do you? I said, what was it like? And he said, there was no pudding. I was foaming. That was his <laughs> feedback. So uh, he was just angry at the lack of desserts in the school canteen. And that's the only feedback I've had from him. Like, uh, his mate got into scrap as well. But Good there you go. Yeah, champion. We've got uh, right. Final one. Where to? Where, where do you think Chloe's going on a school trip? Flamingo land. No, Switzerland. No. Oh, fucking hell. Nice and cheap then, Baz? Well, a nice, nice cheap one, yeah. Dad, can I have £1,300 for a trip to Switzerland? Um, and I, we've, no. we've, fallen, we've fallen for it. Uh, so we've committed to a, a skiing trip for, for her over in Switzerland. So we're, we're yeah, I bet he's going to Paris trip. like in October with the school. Yeah, That's where Brian is, as it's... As it happens. Good experiences, man, isn't it? Good well, yeah. Bit neck on on the back of the bus and all that. Yeah. Champion. Uh, right, we'll be back next week. Maybe it's Tuesday and that uh, to have a look at these opening games. Uh, thanks for joining us. The boys and girls are with a uh, cheers, Baz. If you want to talk some baseball, come back in half an hour and we'll do that. Um, and if not, I'll see you next week uh, and we'll see you down the road. Cheers. Thank you.